Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just well, welcome down. to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today we have a very interesting topic to discuss with you. How your food habits affect your brain health and especially how the foods you eat can increase or decrease anxiety and depression. You know, if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, what are you eating? Good question, Dar. (laughs) (laughs) What is the connection between the diet and your depression? You know, have you ever thought about the connection between your food habits and your depression? Hmm. I'm Darlene Kavist. I'm a certified nutrition specialist, and I've been in practice well over 30 years. <laughs> so she has lots of wisdom to share with us. Yes. So yesterday, amazing email arrived for it in our office. Um, and I actually have asked Marcy to read the email because it fits in so well to our show today. It really does. So here we go. It says, hey, Melanie, it is really difficult to find words to explain how much I appreciate what you've given me. I'm locked in and focused and not struggling to perform the things in life that come naturally to people like you. Isn't that a, that's an interesting statement right there. Right. But, you know, it doesn't always come naturally to us, but we have the wisdom and uh-huh. knowledge. You know, she says, I'm not mentally exhausted at the end of each day from battling through the clouds in my brain because the clouds have lifted. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm no one special to you because this is just what you do for a living. It comes naturally for you to change lives. But I just want you to know that you are special for helping those of us who don't know how to help ourselves. And that's all through nutrition and food. Exactly. And And we hear that, you know, often in our days at work and how people just are so excited that just one little thing they did changed their life. And it's very profound what her her email said. Yes. You know, it's so interesting, Mercy. It, you know, this was addressed to Melanie, who's Mm -hmm. a great dietitian nutritionist. She is. She's been on the show. But this is something that we hear when all of the the dietitians and nutritionists that work day to day with clients. So it's really great. It is. So, you know, brain health is one of my favorite nutrition topics. (laughs) And because of my passion about nutrition for the brain, and I've gone to a lot of nutrition seminars and lectures, read lots of research studies, and have worked one-on-one with countless people who have struggled with both anxiety and depression. And real, really, this is the answer. Food really matters when it comes to depression. You know, I've always been drawn to learn more about nutrition, brain nutrition. So I thought, let's share a little bit of this. So Marcy and I are going to touch on some basic nutritional information. Yeah, I mean, we can't get into all the little details, but we can share some of the basic information. Because... This is information that you could use to avoid getting depression or to relieve some of the symptoms of a depression. And I think that's what that email was saying. Oh, yeah. Her brain started working better. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you, though, Marcy is also keenly aware of how to feed your brain 
for better mental health. I sure am. And so I'm happy to share my stories always. That's great. That's uh, yeah. very nice of you, Marcy, to yeah. do that. Right. Because some people keep it hidden. I know. But that, I mean, if... Doesn't I, help anyone. No, it doesn't. So I like to share all the time. Um, so this is a big topic for just 40 minutes of airtime. Yes. So we're going to talk really fast, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll try to get through it all. You know, so first of all, I am Marcy Vasky, and I have a master's degree in clinical nutrition, and I've been seeing clients for only over three years. That's all. I know. It seems I've just been around for a long That's time, right. Dar. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took me a while to get back into, I got my master's late, so, yeah, yes. but you know, lots of, you know, life experience, right? Exactly. Always goes a long and way. that always pays off. It sure does. And, you know, when I first sit down with clients who are experiencing that depression or even anxiety or even an eating disorder, it, we, as we begin talking, it's so common that they have never made the connection that their brain health is linked to even to those conditions. I know. They don't really connect that, do they? No. It's maybe, you know, if they eat something to get a bellyache, that's a connection. Yes. But my brain? No. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, they're oftentimes shocked to learn that if they just ate better, they would feel better and have less depression and anxiety. And isn't that such a simple concept? I know. It really is. But so hard to do. Yes. (laughs) You know, and as we kind of continue to talk in our session, they begin to understand that they need to make changes that they don't always want to, you know, hear maybe. No, they don't. (laughs) They give me some looks sometimes. But one of the changes we always want to start with is start eating breakfast. And mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting eating this bowl of cereal or the muffin. Um, but what we mean at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to eat a real breakfast of eggs with or meat with some spinach or green beans cooked in butter. Butter. Key. Key Re- word here. Key word. Yes. Yes. And I know this takes time in the morning. But, you know, when they're really committed to making change, they will do that. You know, people will start making eggs in the morning. And they're even shocked when we say, no margarine, no fake butter. Oh, I know. Real butter. Right. The real. And then they do. They actually say that to me. Real butter? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. You know, and they, you know, because why are we saying that? Because that helps your brain function better. And just like Dar was saying, they're shocked when we say the fake butter. And so at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we're always trying to teach people to avoid manufactured foods. So we're asking you to look for fats or f- foods with soybean oil, that corn oil, cottonseed oil, or canola oil. And we probably say that over and over and over on this show. Avoid those fats. Avoid those fats. We sure do. Look at the label. And now we're saying it today because we want your brain to be healthier. And, and it, yeah. Go ahead. You know, I was just going to say because these fats really interfere with the communication between our cells. In our so, yeah. So, if, listeners, if you can kind of picture that. Yeah. Your cells have to talk to one another. They have, they have to communicate. They do. And when they communicate well, you feel better. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, in our nutrition classes, we often ask class participants, hey, what's your brain made of? of? <laughs> and, you know, many people haven't ever even thought of that. Well, no. But now, because they, they listen to the show, they, they know. Yeah. You know, and more and more people know that besides water... Our brain consists of at least 60% 
maybe 70% fat. So here's something to think about. If in the past you heard that or thought that fat makes you fat, so what did you do? Well, of course, not going to eat any fat. Of course. So what happens then is that your brain becomes very deficient in a main important fat in nutrients, which is fat. Right. It gets low on fat in your brain. So then you don't think well mm-hmm. and you have more depression. Right. So basically your brain needs healthy fats to function. So Marcy, what are some of those healthy fats? What are some of those healthy fats? Butter, like we talked about, uh-huh. olive oil, coconut oil, yum, avocados, again, delicious, nuts, nut butters, olives, you know, simple everyday fats. I mean, it's just easy. And who doesn't want to eat this stuff? So when you're looking at a label, mm-hmm. make sure that these are the fats that's on that label and not like soybean oil or corn oil or cottonseed oil. That's where they hide it in processed foods. Right, exactly. So you're just wanting to get those real yummy fats that we just talked about. You know, and on a previous Dishing Up Nutrition shows, I've actually shared my personal struggle with an eating disorder and some pretty serious anxiety. And like many of you, I had to accept and trust that eating fat was... A good thing to do. Uh-huh. I mean, I was hardcore no fat. I mean, there was not going to happen in my life. But once I started eating fat, I mean, clearly I could think better. My anxiety went down. I felt nourished. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my clients, just you'll feel more nourished. Like you just got some energy. Um, so I, I think that either that low fat habit or that no fat habit is something that I think all of you out there should try to eradicate, right? Right. And in fact, here's a challenge to our listeners. Perfect. If you can possibly just take in the good fats every day, every meal, every snack for six weeks Mm -hmm. and see how you feel. And again, avoid those bad fats. Right. You can't keep those in too because that's not going to help you, right? No, that's right. That clogs up your brain. Right. And... I know Dar would agree with me, but we're pretty sure you're going to feel better if you do that. So, you know, one of the things that we often say is to our clients is eat a tablespoon of good fats if you can. You know, every meal and every snack. Right. Well, you know, like Marcy, you didn't start with a whole tablespoon, did you? No, no. no you started maybe with a couple teaspoons. Yeah. Yeah. It's just gentle. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of work up to kind of nourish your brain and let it function. Mm-hmm. And so we have Perfect. a lot to in this show. So if we're talking fast, I know it's because we have a lot to talk and about. We want a lot. We have to share a lot. But first, we need to go to break before we continue to share any more. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we are discussing common food habits that are often connected to depression and memory loss. So here's two important food habits that you can conc- that you can include into your daily routine that'll help that. Avoid the depression and memory loss. So what's habit number one? Habit number one, eat only healthy fats. I think we've made that clear. I think we have. So (laughs) what we talked about, butter, olive oil, coconut oil, and avoid those man-made processed fats. Habit number two, drink water. Drink enough water. Even slight dehydration raises your stress hormones 
and can actually damage your brain over time. And Marcy, are you saying that a good antidepressant would be drink water? Yes, I am. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So how much do we want you to drink daily? Well, at least eight glasses. But for those of you who drink coffee or soda or maybe even are on a diuretic medication, you need to add in a little more. So Mm -hmm. that one or two more glasses of water a day. Um, And, uh, you know, because if you're hydrated, you're going to think better and you're going to have less depression and less memory loss. So really just some simple solutions for pretty big, pretty big results. Great. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, before break, Marcy talked about two key food habits to establish to that you can establish to help you avoid depression and memory loss. You know, one of them was eat only good natural fats. And the other one was avoid factory fats. Right. And the third one, which is maybe two and a half, drink eight to 10 glasses of water a day. So if you're struggling with depression, we believe it is also important to eat, you know, maybe two to four ounces of protein at each meal and snack. Mm-hmm. And why protein? Animal protein breaks down them into amino acids, and these amino acids convert into neurotransmitters. And people have heard about serotonin, mm-hmm. so they know that's a neurotransmitter. So it's that helps combat depression. We right. know that. Right. So think about this. If you're a vegetarian and you're not eating a lot of protein, what can you eat to support your neurotransmitter production? And we see clients like this often, don't we? Oh, we do. Yes. We have an idea on this. And so we're going to talk about what you can do if you're a vegetarian, how to add in some of these foods. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to that in just a moment, I believe. So when we left, we were talking about adding those good fats in, having maybe a tablespoon at each meal, snack. But if you don't want to jump right in, maybe a couple teaspoons. Mm -hmm. So just a couple ideas on what people could do would be, you know, having some almond butter or even some natural peanut butter on apple slices, which Mm -hmm. is very oh so delicious Mm -hmm. and great for our brain. Right, Dar? Right. And then if you want to add in both the fats and the protein... Make some deviled eggs. Love it. Uh, you know, and if you make deviled eggs with avocado mayo or safflower mayonnaise, it's great for the brain. And if you use eggs from pastured chickens, these egg yolks contain a special type of fat that makes up 60% of your of the fat that's in your brain. Right. So it's if you eat those kind of egg yolks, that's good for your brain. Mm-hmm. So this special fat is called DHA. And it's a special kind of omega-3 fatty acid. And, you know, we know nutritionally how important DHA is because where do you find it first? Right. In breast milk. Right. So about 30% of breast milk is this DHA fat. And it's there to help the baby's brain. Mm -hmm. So deviled eggs made with avocado mayonnaise, that's a great brain food. And yummy. And yummy. And so if you serve... You know, deviled eggs with a few carrots and celery sticks, maybe some apple slices and a few black olives. Yeah, you've you've got got a good brain food. You sure do. So remember, DHA is found in egg yolks from pastured chickens. Those are the chickens that are running around eating grass. Yes. Kind of hard right now. 
Yeah, it's a bit chilly out there for him to find some grass. <laughs> so most people need 400 to 600 milligrams of DHA for good brain function. So one egg yeah. from a pasture chicken has about 100 milligrams in it. Okay. So if you're eating three of those, you're getting 300 milligrams of DHA. Right. Simple. Good to go. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing, too. People are like, I can eat eggs. Yes, you can eat eggs. And yes. now you have another reason to eat them for some good brain nourishment. Yes. Right? That's another question we get. You can eat eggs? I know. <laughs> eggs and butter? My life yes. is complete. <laughs> you know, and while I'm counseling clients, I try to help them understand that food is brain medicine. And I've even gone as far as to say that food is as powerful as most medicines. Yes, it and is. There's a lot of research out there that will support that. Mm -hmm. I know, I know you may not want to hear that. You won't hear that from most medical doctors, but we're not medical doctors. We're nutritionists and we know food and we know when you eat right, you feel better and you think better. You know, I see it. I hear it every day from client, from my clients that nutrition changes lives. And just mm -hmm. like Melanie's client earlier mm -hmm. we spoke about, she feels it. And it's it awesome. helps you get rid of that anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a desire to have better brain chemistry. So you have to buy in and agree to give your brain good nutrition consistently. Keyword, Dar. Uh -huh. Consistently. You know, that means not just for a day or even just a week, but every day. What are you eating every day? That's the stuff that's going to make a difference. Having good nutrition one day and then maybe having a beer and pizza every Friday night, just mm -hmm. it's not going to cut it. Nope. It's so, you know, let's face it. Some of us, including me, I must eat consistently, you know, eat, eat right every day to feel right. I know that when I, mean, I don't I get enough, I get more anxious. Yes, I think. I mean, that's true for everyone. And there's varying degrees of how food affects people's brain chemistry. Right. And exactly. some people are much more sensitive, so they have to eat more perfectly. Right. Uh, <laughs> Guess that's why I do this job. No. <laughs> so as we've already said, our brain is made up of at least 60% fat. So again, we teach clients to eat a lot of fat, don't we? We really do. Yep. You know, About like, seven tablespoons of healthy fat every day. Right. Yeah. It's a good habit, and, and we want and what we talked about earlier is including the butter, olive oil, coconut oil, avocados, you know, even full-fat whipping cream, olives, nuts. I mean, we want you to include that several times a day. So we have a client story that I want to share with you today mm -hmm. about food habits that do not support good brain function. <laughs> yes. You know, when I first saw this client, she was struggling with depression, ADHD, compulsive behaviors, and she was about 100 pounds overweight. Mm -hmm. She had joint pains, hormonal issues. Mm. And what was her f poor food habit? Mm. This is kind of shocking. It is. She was drinking 10 cans of Coke a day. Wow. And, you know, when she went off to college, she was healthy. She was fit. Uh, she was young. Mm-hmm. And then she started drinking 10 cans of Coke a day. Mm -hmm. It was because she said she didn't like the food service. Oh, wow. And somehow in her brain, she believed drinking Coke was okay because Coke was low fat. So just think about this. Each can of Coke contains 36 grams of carbs, 
or nine teaspoons of sugar. Just think. Which means she was drinking 90 teaspoons of sugar per day. I have a stomach ache. This poor food habit went on for over three years. Oh my goodness. So what happened? It started, of course, with insulin resistance and severe hormonal imbalance. And over time, she gained 100 pounds. And then things happen to her brain. And I can tell that we have to go on break. We do. We'll come back to our story. Yes, and we (laughs) sure need to finish that one up. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We know protein is important for neurotransmitter production. Antidepressants don't make neurotransmitters. Only protein makes neurotransmitters. So if you're a vegetarian and you are depressed, which we have found is quite common in some of our clients, what you can eat several times a day to get the essential protein your body needs. What can you add in? So here's a few suggestions for you. Make a protein shake using some of the wellness whey protein powder. Mm-hmm. Great, easy. And you might have to drink that more than once a day. That's right. Um, you could even scramble three whole eggs and serve them over a plate full of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yummy. Toast. You can even toast a good quality slice of bread and put some cottage cheese on there. Top it with your favorite berry and then slide it in the toaster and let the cottage cheese kind of melt. Kids even love it. Oh, yeah. That sounds delicious. Or, you know, another simple one is boil two eggs, add the eggs to a bowl of cottage cheese, and then smash it all together or make some deviled eggs. Yes. Like Dara was talking about earlier. So we can help create menus for vegetarians all the time so you're getting enough protein. And we'd like to help you if you need some help. So you can give us a call at 651 699-3438. Six nine nine three four three eight. Things of comfort and joy. Comfort well, welcome joy. back to Dishing Up Nutrition. As many of you have already know, the keto diet is all the rage. Do you know where the, the history of the keto diet? You know, I didn't. And so you and so where did it start and why? So let me share a little history with you. The ketogenic diet was designed in nineteen twenty three. Wow. By a doctor from Mayo Clinic, Dr. Russell Wilder. And it was designed for people with, mainly for children with epilepsy. Right. So researchers found that a high-fat, very low-carbohydrate diet stops seizure activity for about 60% of the cases in which medication had not previously worked. So this was... Pretty profound. Yeah. So today it's being used to help people, again, mainly for children who are genetically unable to break down carbohydrates, which then can lead to damaged cells and overall damaged health. Wow. You know, and just as using a high-fat, low-carb diet work to control seizures, it's also been found to be helpful for children with the inability to break down and digest the carbohydrate. You know, to our surprise, there are over 7,000 rare genetic diseases And they all have limited medical treatments to help those suffering from these rare diseases. So, you know, what what am I really saying? We're saying that at this time, research has not found effective medication or treatments for these rare diseases. This one particular rare genetic disease has touched the life of a family right here in West St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay. They discovered that feeding their son a ketogenic diet to be very helpful for him, not as a medication, but as a nutritional solution. 
For this reason, they started an organization called the Pompeii Warrior Foundation to help educate both medical staff and families about the ketogenic diet that has really helped their son so much. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so what they need is our help getting their message out so they can help our families going, other families going through the same type of struggles. This family listens to Dishing Up Nutrition. Isn't that amazing? Yes, that's awesome. And they believe, just as we do, that for many of those with rare genetic disorders, nutrition is one of the most important answers. So Dennis and Ann St. Martin have started the Pompeii Warrior Foundation. And frankly, they need our support and your support as well to spread their message of hope to those of you who may no longer have hope. So if you want to help out, go to PompeiWarriorFoundation.com and look them up and you can see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, as nutritionists, we understand that some of our clients need more fat and fewer carbs. Others need more protein and less fat. Well, some need a balanced of all the macronutrients. That's right. This is why at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, you know, we don't use a cookie cutter approach with our clients. We really don't. We look at the individual and help design a program for them. Yeah. What do you really need? All of us at Nutritional Weight and Wellness send our support to this family and to this organization. Many of us personally know how having a critical ill child is highly stressful. It is. Mm-hmm. You know, this couple has taken on that stress and turned it into an organization that is giving people hope and making a difference. And really, Dennis and Ann, we thank you very much. I think it's a wonderful uh, mission that you're on. And if you want to help again, it is the the Pompeii Warrior Foundation. Very good. Go so, check it out. All right. Back to our script on anxiety, depression, right, and, and foods. Yes. And Dar was telling us about a story of one of her clients before we went to break. So I think she needs to finish this important story. Okay. So she was drinking t- 10? 10 cans of, of Coke, regular Coke. Coke. Yes. 90 teaspoons of sugar a day. Mm-hmm. But Diet Coke wouldn't have been any better, and but we don't have time for that today. That's right. But so she gained a hundred pounds. She had muscle and joint pain, and she really ended up with poor brain function, which resulted in more memory problems and depression. Mm. Now, yeah, this was a stream case, but you yeah. were just telling me. But there's we're still seeing, and for some reason I haven't seen one lately. But I. You know, we still see people with a lot of Coke addiction or just needing the Coke and, and they it's really hard for them to give it up. And I will just say, you know, you can change a lot of things, but if you don't give up this Coke, you're still going to be struggling. Right. And as you're learning, everybody out there is learning today. This is why. So, you know, some of our clients are not drinking 10 cans. No. But they're drinking three or four cans of soda a day mm-hmm. and they don't realize the harm that they're causing to their brain. And even to their body. Right. So, you know, when this client set an appointment with me, what do you think her <laughs> main goal was? Well, of course, it was going to be weight loss to lose the 100 pounds. Yes. Yeah. That's right. However, my main goal was for her to help her prevent, prevent getting early Alzheimer's disease. Right. You know, today scientists have discovered a type of Alzheimer's disease 
that is related to insulin resistance of the brain. And it is referred to type 3 diabetes. Yeah. Now, we're, we're saying Alzheimer's, but we're saying memory. But we're also saying depression. Anxiety. Focus. Mm-hmm. All those things. That's right. So insulin resistant in the body or in the brain is typically caused from eating or drinking too much sugar. And right. So you can see why your client was sure struggling with focus and memory and depression. She was eating 90 teaspoons of sugar a day. For three drinking years. drinking for three years. Every year. Yeah. Ooh. So it's, it's it, it, you know, some people, insulin resistance, they say, what does that mean? Well, it's kind of like, you know, it's pre-diabetes or it could actually be diabetes. But a lot of times it is on your little health history form. It says pre-diabetes. So what does that happen? It, what happens in your brain? It interferes with brain transmission or the communication. And we talked about that before. We did. Cells need to communicate. They do. And suddenly people are experiencing more forgetting behavior or trouble completing tasks or anxiety or depression. You know, all this damage happened from poor food habits. I mean, I I think it's just shocking. It is that just that alone can create all of those problems. Mm -hmm. It's really sad to say how little of so many people know about the impact that food is making on their body and their brain. I know. And I hope today that people are putting a connection together. So they pick up that Diet Coke or that Coke today and they quickly set it back down. <laughs> quickly. Quickly. <laughs> you know, and we always want to push the envelope. So some of you may be thinking out there, well, how much sugar can I eat daily before causing this kind of damage to my cells to, in my body and in my brain? Well, the American Heart Association says we can do six teaspoons of added sugar for women and nine teaspoons for men. Mm-hmm. And as nutritionists, to prevent depression and memory loss, we would actually recommend that you take that down to even three or four teaspoons and keep that as your daily intake and limit your processed carbs. You know, just think about how many processed carbs you might be eating. We only have one brain, right? And at this point, we can't order it off of Amazon to get another one. So <laughs> I think it's pretty important that we get rid of some of that sugar. So, you know, I think, Marcio, as we kind of reflect back on that, you know, 10 cans of Coke versus maybe what we see a lot of people doing is four, five cans yeah. of, you know, and so, you know, the average person is I don't think they're aware of the damage they can be doing to their brain when they consume sugar. Right. In fact, I have a nephew mm-hmm. who is a carpenter, oh. and he drinks several cans of Mountain Dew every day. Right. And I've noticed when I stop for gas early in the morning, you know, yeah, and you walk in and you see the construction-type workers are loading up on Mountain Dew Chips and pastries. Right. I know. So again, when you think about a 12-ounce can of Mountain Dew, that has 29 grams of carbohydrates, and it's about seven teaspoons of sugar. So if you drink, and this was typical of Eric, he would drink maybe five cans of Mountain Dew daily. So then he was consuming over 
35 teaspoons of sugar. Just in liquid. Uh-huh. You know. And that can lead to insulin resistance, prediabetes, and after a few years, it goes into type 2 diabetes. That's right. And then they get gout. Mm-hmm. And they're in pain. Irritability. And they're mad. And then Depression. Yeah. So if soda drinkers could see into the future, you know, they had x-ray eyes. And if you come to us, we will have the x-ray eyes for you. <laughs> <laughs> they would sh- switch from drinking soda to drinking water or even coffee. Yeah. I mean, coffee has a little caffeine, but it doesn't have all those chemicals. That's right. As long as you're not putting the syrup in. Yes. If you're drinking real coffee. Real coffee with a little heavy whipping cream. Yes. Delicious. So before we move on, we actually need to take our last break here. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're looking for a great holiday gift, let me suggest our weight and wellness cookbook and nutrition guide. You know, I just had a client yesterday. Yeah. She says, my mother and I... Love this cookbook. Oh, it's a great one. I have people, (laughs) they love it all the time. You know, they use it time and time again. And so do people on the staff, right? I know Mm -hmm. I've taken some recipes out of there. They're delicious. My kids even eat them. (laughs) That's a (laughs) (laughs) win-win. And you can buy this great guide at any of our seven locations or online at weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, our Nutrition for Weight Loss series, that 12-class series that we have, starts the week of January 14th and will be taught at each of our seven locations. And some of our classes are already half full. Awesome. Yes. So don't wait because if you, you really don't want to miss out. You want to make that commitment starting in January. It's a great time of year. So another great reason to register now is to save $50. You can take advantage of our early bird special and you can save $50 when you're registered by January 6th or sooner. Yeah. <laughs> so call 651-699-3438 and register today or you can go to weightandwellness.com and save $50. Awesome. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea, especially when all those Christmas bills come in in January. You need to save that 50 bucks. That's right. right. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to our topic of depression and anxiety today. You know, when we left, we were kind of talking about um, going over sugar and that insulin Mm -hmm. resistance, but we're going to kind of bring it back to fat now for a moment because we have a fun activity that you might want to try over the holidays with your kids. Um, It's something, you know, like my kids are like, I'm so bored. Well, what I tell them now is to make some butter, and that's what I'm going to share with you, right? <laughs> make okay. some butter. Okay, good. <laughs> so if you've ever taken our weight and wellness classes, or um, what we do during that series is we teach you how to make your own butter. So what you do is you'll want to get some organic um, heavy whipping cream, so maybe like Organic Valley or Horizon or something. Mm-hmm. Take a small mason jar Fill it about halfway up with that cream. Okay. And just put the lid on. Don't forget the lid yep. tightly and start shaking. And if you keep shaking long enough, you're going to pretty soon, you're going to have some butter. And it's delicious. It's easy. And it's kind of fun to watch it form. I, mean, I think it is fun to watch it form. I know. I mean, even adults go, oh. I know. It's this easy. I didn't know. Yes. So, you know, and Dar and I love this famous quote from Chef Julia Childs. If you're afraid of butter, Use cream. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? So all good cooks and chefs understand that to bring out the flavor in vegetables, you cook them in butter. Butter is, and we're telling you that butter today is better for your brain. And remember, fake butter is very bad for your brain because it has those bad oils in it. Yes. And, you know, we were talking before about the Coke and the sugar and all that. And we were talking about insulin resistance. And so why is insulin resistance so bad for the brain? So here, if you can just kind of picture this. Mm -hmm. Insulin resistance puts a coating over all your cells in both your body and in your brain. Right. So if the neurotransmitters, which are made from protein, Mm -hmm. can't get across the synapse and into the next cell, communication breaks down. You know, a word is lost. A thought is lost. A direction is lost. (laughs) A good mood is lost. Or a memory is lost. Right. Scary. It is. It really is. As you get older, those are all scary things. Right. So you want to keep that brain functioning as well as you can. And through nutrition is the way you can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to make more neurotransmitters, what we're always talking about and teaching people is to eat protein several times a day. Mm -hmm. Not just once at night. That's right. You know, not even just three times a day, but maybe four, five, six times a day. Especially if you're struggling with anxiety or depression. Right. I mean, I know if I don't eat enough protein, that's another one. You know, Mm -hmm. I know right away. My Mm -hmm. anxiety is like a little devil. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but if you are making more neurotransmitters and they can't and they can't get through the coating from that insulin resistance, you may feel depressed. And when you eat a piece of fish or chicken or you make that protein shake with that whey protein powder, all of the proteins break down into amino acids, which then make neurotransmitters like pop, the ones we always talk about, serotonin or dopamine. So unfortunately, when insulin resistance blocks serotonin or, dop- or dopamine, those neurotransmitters just vanish. They just, yeah, and they're, they're gone. gone. And so again, you'll feel sad. <clears throat> little little frog in my throat here yeah. this morning. A little feel a little sad, lonely, right. anxious, depressed. You know the story, right? It just goes on and on. So mm-hmm. we need to stop it. You know, and more than a hundred million people today in the U.S. have pre-diabetes or diabetes, and it all starts with insulin resistance. So it is estimated mm. that. Three-fourths of adults have prediabetes, at least that many. So, wow. uh, you know, over a third of the people, uh, that's, you know, in fact, I've seen where it's almost 50% right now. Really? Yeah. And different. at least 7% of adults struggle with depression. And I think that rate is, this this is a little old. I think the rate is much higher now. I would agree with you. I mean, we see a lot of people. Yeah. And that's pretty, pretty apparent so how many carbs and how much sugar is too much and can lead to prediabetes or insulin resistance you know at nutritional weight and wellness we recommend limiting your carbs intake to about 30 grams per meal or around 100 120 130 grams per day so and that's pretty moderate i mean i think it's very doable you don't feel like you're low carbing it you feel like you're you know, feeding your body what it needs. You know, and if you have depression, here's a list of foods that we would ask you to avoid. 
These are food habits that might be causing that insulin resistance and depression. The first one on that list is juice. It sure is. Get rid of juice. Get rid of your kid's juice. Yes. Or the next one, which we already talked about, is soda. And then I'm going to attack another one. Yeah. Toast. You know, people are going to be so sad right now, but it's not helpful. Toast and cereal. Toast and cereal. (laughs) And then I'll top it off with pastries and donuts. Okay. (laughs) And then we will talk about energy drinks, which is popular. Very. Oh, and alcohol. Holidays are brewing, so is the the alcohol's flowing, you know. Yep, and then frosting. I know. And then candy. For sure. And And then the hidden high fructose corn syrup in salad dressings. Yes, or in anything. Right, exactly. Good point, Dar. So here are some other foods to support good mental health. Salmon. Yum. Smoked salmon from Alaska. I love it. <laughs> Chicken. You nice. know, grass-fed if you can. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. Or beef. Yep. Grass-fed as well. And eggs. And there's a million ways to make eggs. I know. And it has what? That great DHA in there. Yes. In their, you know, pasture. Cottage um, cheese. Full fat, 4% cottage cheese. Yeah. Just eat it. Put some berries on there. Yum. Mm-hmm. Or vegetables. Let's just get to the real simple things in life. You know, all kinds, broccolis, green beans, sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts. You name it, you can eat it. You can have it. And if you cook it in natural fat, like butter, mm-hmm. or coconut oil, or avocados, or nuts, or, you know, cr- put some cream on it. Yep. Great. It's delicious and nutritious. Our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through real eating it's a simple yet powerful message eating real food is life-changing and have a wonderful holiday and we thank you for listening yes thank you marcy thank you dar fun working with you (laughs) 